All right, welcome to Refuse to Lose, the weekly special. We got two special guests with us tonight, y'all. I'm so excited about these two. From the Street Noise Podcast, you know, a great podcast that I tune into every Tuesday and Friday. We got my man, Hater D. How you doing, Hater D? Hey, what's up, Joe? Thanks for having us on tonight. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we got the one and only, Who That? Who That? How you doing, man? What's cracking, brother Joe? Hey, uh, I echo Daryl's uh, sentiments. I thank you for inviting uh, one half of the Street Noise Nation onto tonight's podcast so that we can chop it up. Uh, and I'm looking forward uh, to tonight's dialogue and discussion. So let's get it started, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So on the back end, I'll have you guys, you know, talk about your show, let everybody know what you what you guys have going on. So they can tune in also, because like I said, they have a great show they do every Tuesday and Friday that I tune into faithfully. All right. And I actually, you know, commentating that thing too in the comments. All right. But look, before we get started, make sure first of all, thanks everybody that's on right now. Tuning in. We appreciate you guys for being on early. Make sure you guys like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's very important that you do that. And also share with somebody that you know so they can hop on with us. We also want you guys to use that comment section. We can see the comments you guys throw up there. We're going to share them on the screen. Communicate with us. We will do that same thing back to you guys. All right? So, look, we're going to get this show started, and we're going to kick off the first question. And we got Hater D kicking us off. Hater D, the straightforward guy. This guy is straightforward, y'all. He, he gives it to you straight <laughs> raw, all right? <laughs> so the first question, we you know, we, we had – we had a lot of things happen in the trade deadline, yes, you know. Sir. In my opinion, least of us, you know, I thought it'd be more stuff going on, but we did have a big move between Philly and the Nets. And hated the I found out that you a Philly fan, so this yes, sir, yes, yeah, sir. This, this actually, you know, hit you directly. So we're gonna talk mm -hmm. about that. So hated the who won that trade, the Nets or the 76ers? Look, Joe, I, I know I'm a Sixer fan, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and be partial as much as possible here. But in reality, right now, as we sit here today, the Sixers won that trade. The reason why I say the Sixers won that trade because they know what they have in James Harden. They know what James Harden brings to the table. I think that James Harden and Joe JoJo have a window of two to three years to bring a championship to Philadelphia, and I think this gives Joel and the Sixers the best opportunity to win a championship. The problem with the Nets is they don't know what they're getting in Ben Simmons. No one's seen Ben Simmons on the basketball court since last May. And remember, the last time we saw him, he was scared to shoot and couldn't shoot free throws. So, again, you don't know what you're getting in Ben Simmons. So, you get that. That's a large question mark. I know Kyrie can't play home games, and they talking about lifting the mandate. I get all that. But the reality is it's hard acclimating five new players into a system, which the Nets are going to have to do with Dragon, Simmons, and the two – excuse me, four, with the two they acquired from the 76ers. So they only have 23 games left in the regular season. So I don't see them putting it all together this year. I think the Nets will be a better team next year. But as for this year, I think the Sixers have the best chance to win a championship, and that's ultimately the goal is to get your team to the finals and win a championship. And I believe the Sixers have the best chance to win a championship this year. Okay. All right. Who that? Who that? Who you got? <laughs> mm. Again, uh, thank you, Brother Joe, uh, for welcoming uh, myself and Daryl on to uh, Refuse to Lose. And we offer a heartfelt thank you to the Refuse to Lose Nation. And for those of you that have happened, uh, had an opportunity 
to you know catch a snippet of the street noise podcast you wouldn't know that you know i usually have a strong retort for what my brother daryl uh usually puts <laughs> out there you know he, he always comes with with facts but you know just like everybody else is tied with emotion and, and he makes a lot of good points as to why he believes philadelphia won this trade in the immediate and and i can't really refute any of those points that he made but you have to look at it from a macro look and not necessarily look at it from a micro look as it pertains to this 20 game push for both teams right uh yes you have not seen ben simmons on the floor since may of 2021 and when he exited his last playoff game last year with the uh, 76ers when they lost to the Atlanta Hawks, who was a lower seed. So, you know, personal jab at you, D. But at the same time, <laughs> when he left that court, when he left that court, uh, you know, not only Philly fans, but NBA fans had questions about, about this kid's commitment to excellence. 6'10", top-tier defensive player, top-tier dribbler and facilitator on the offense, but can't buy a shot. We got it. We all understand his limitations on the offensive side. But there are two teams when all of this trade talk was being discussed that you did not want to consider if you did not want to put Ben Simmons in a situation where he could possibly succeed. That was the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors. Well, obviously, the Golden State Warriors don't really need facilitators because Steph can do both facilitate and shoot from the locker room and still, you know, make it as well as uh, uh, Clay. So Brooklyn was a more logical choice for the simple fact that you have KD, one of the top two shooters in the world, and you have Kyrie who can give you 50 on any given night. So for Philly to make this trade uh, and, and to get James Harden in, in return, obviously in the immediate, like this weekend, we could see Philadelphia – whoever their opponent is, I believe it's Dallas, uh, on, on Friday night, you could see a 30-point game from each one of those two superstars as they integrate James Harden into the Philadelphia system. Now, taking into consideration, as Darrell mentioned, we have a 20-game stretch here to figure it out for both teams. You trust Philly more because Harden is coming in into a healthy situation with the other key superstar on that team playing at not only an MVP level, but is most likely the leading candidate for MVP. So Harden just has to plug and play. All right. With Ben Simmons, you have KD who is still coming. Well, I don't even know if he's back off injury yet. Not right? yet. So you have to integrate KD back into the system and integrate Ben Simmons into a system. And, and we won't even talk about Kyrie. We won't even talk about Kyrie. You know, whether or not he plays or doesn't play, depending on location, whether or not the mandate is lifted in New York to where he can play at home, uh, you know, that may be fine and dandy, but then my Kyrie may come up with some other reason as to why he is unable to perform on a particular night. So <laughs> on paper, the Brooklyn Nets – going into late May, should be the better team, right? But in reality, you may have to support Darrell's original argument that the 25-meter target, which is the 20-game stretch, and then the playoffs, that the 76ers may have a better chance if all players, all key players are healthy, 
right? Because we still have to take into consideration Tobias Harris can actually play basketball and he does show up at times. Uh, and when he does decide to show up, he really shows up. So you mix that together with a healthy MB, a, a James Harden who is supposedly going to be rejuvenated uh, and motivated to finally get that, that ring that he has been chasing. And a Tobias Harris who on any given night can be a 2020 guy uh, at times. So I, I would lean towards Philly winning that trade. But again, we'll see over the next 20 games which team is able to jail better which team is able to gel faster and which team or which key player is able to make that transition in such a seamless manner. Then we'll be able to say, well, either Brooklyn won it or Philly won it. But obviously, whoever gets that chip first wins the trade. All right. So so you going with so you saying the Nets should be better, but you going with Philly right now? Right now. And that's before anybody even plays a game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's before anybody even steps onto the floor. All right. Because, yeah, we haven't seen Ben since May. And he has not played because of mental health issues. Right. Supposedly. Right. And and none of us, and I got it. And I'm not trying to take a jab, but none of us are mental health experts. So we can't sit here and say they were putting on or he was putting off. All right. But just looking at the last three days' coverage, Post uh, All Star Weekend, you know, NB's interview saying that he was applying pressure and support at the same time, and, and then just completely discarded uh, Ben Simmons as a teammate, uh, and, and no longer looked to, you know, me being the big brother, so to speak, on, on the team to shelter or look out for my younger, talented brother, uh, you know, to try to bring him along. Well. Since he felt that uh, that environment was not conducive to his mental health, that is why he fell back and said, hey, I'm no longer going to play in Philly. All right. You're going to trade me, which eventually happened. All right. Now, a change of scenery, we all know, can do wonders for our motivation, wonders for our psyche, wonders for our emotional state. Right. And, And I believe that going into the building with, Kevin Durant and Kyrie and all of the the big lights of Brooklyn and understanding that I'm joining a system that I'm not going to be required. I'm not going to even be counted on to give you 15 points. If I give you 15 points, that's a plus, right? Because that means I'm driving to the hole to get my buckets. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Time out, time out. Yeah, come on, come on. Go ahead, hey, hey, Joe, I, I didn't even bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up now. Okay. I didn't bring up coaching. Doc Rivers can coach circles around Steve Nash. It's not that's even true. close. Yeah. No, that's a fact. That's that's factor number one. And in basketball, there is no way you can hide a player in back. You cannot play four and five last two minutes of a ball game. So if Ben Simmons is going to be on that court, he can't just go stand in the corner while the rest of those guys play offense. He has to touch the ball. He's going to have to shoot the ball. And again, unless someone can show me now all of a sudden he's willing and has the heart to shoot in the fourth quarter, I'm not buying Ben Simmons in the nets until he shows that he can show up in the fourth quarter and make plays. He just can't pass the ball to Kyrie and Durant and say, here you go, and I'm going to step out and y'all do y'all thing. That's not the way basketball works. 
he has to show up on that side of the floor in the fourth quarter with three minutes left to go when it's money time. And until I see something different, the Sixers have won this trade, hands down. Now, my counter argument to that is you are correct. The coaching does matter. The system that you join does matter, right? When, you know, the great one was, was running the triangle offense in Chicago, and, you know, he was like, all right, well, this is the, the focus of the offense is to make sure that Michael is put in a position to where he can do what he wants to do, whether it's shoot, drive, pass, whatever, right? So Phil Jackson mastered the triangle offense. I'm not saying Steve Nash is, is a good coach. I'm not Please saying don't. that. But we all know, we all know in today's NBA, superstar players, i.e. KD, i.e. LeBron, i.e. even Kyrie, or they have the the luxury of kind of facilitating the offense on that particular team unless their coach is a Hall of Fame caliber coach. Yes, Steve Nash was an, ex- uh, an excellent point guard, which tells you that he has some offensive-minded skills, right? Mm-hmm. So working with KD, working with Kyrie, uh, you will be able to facilitate and create an offense in the fourth quarter, depending on the – the, the score of the game and the tempo of the game to where you can have Ben Simmons right there in the heart of the offense and not have to depend on him to score because you have multiple scores. It's not just Kyrie. It's not just KD. You have Seth there, right? And you have the other Brooklyn assets that they have sitting on the bench. So it's not just that I'm going to need, I'm going to need Ben to score in the fourth quarter. No, I need you to play defense, lock down the opponent's best player, and then to facilitate this offense so that Kyrie can go to work when he's there. And definitely when KD is back and healthy, just give them the ball. I'm not saying and get out the way, but facilitate the offense to ensure that you are picking and rolling with whatever big man we have in the game because you are 6'10 and you do have effective range from five feet and in, right? So that means you're going to be driving as the point guard, open up those wide open Three-point shots for KD and Kyrie and anybody else that wants to take a three. Hey, hey, hey Joe, get in here. Be the tiebreaker. Come on, I Joe. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, um, I think both teams won the trade, but I'm going to roll with the Nets. I'm sorry, A to D. I'm going to roll with the Nets. I'm going to break it down wow. for you all. So, look, okay. I think, like I said, both teams won. They both got what they needed. Hopefully exactly. they did. You start with the Sixers. They, got, they finally got somebody that can facilitate and create their own shot. First, they, they, it's the first time they got that. You know, Ben Simmons could not create his own shot. So that's a plus, you know. So the people are talking about this pick and roll with Joel and B, that will be successful. The only issue I have with that is and B is not Capella. And B is more of a shot. He's more of a throw the ball down low and let me go to work. Because Joel, Joel and B, he leads the league in usage rate. So a lot of his shots are one-on-one, either in the high post, low post, sometimes on the wing. And James Harden is more of a pick and roll point guard, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but one thing I could say about uh, James Harden is he is willing to sacrifice. He was willing to sacrifice with Westbrook. You know, a lot of people thought that didn't work, and I think that match worked at, at the best it could. They just ran into the Lakers, you know. Right. So, so I'm so they, they 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 won for them, but the Nets definitely won. They won because here's the thing: like everybody's talking about this Ben Simmons situation. We don't we, we look. Don't forget, Kyrie didn't play all year either. And look what happened when he stepped on the court. It didn't take him months to get right in, to get back in, in, into 
into Kyrie form. Right away, he was looking like Kyrie after the second game. You know, so Ben Simmons, and you heard his interview, he said he plays almost every single day. He plays almost every single day. He's been, he's been working out. And I don't want to get into the mental part of it, but right. listen, he has to – listen, if it's true or not, he has to follow through to get his money back. <laughs> all right? So, <laughs> all right, he, he, I'm going to it straight up. He has to if it's true yeah. or not because they said – he said months, and now they're saying weeks now. I'm telling y'all, I think he's going to be playing late next week. That's my opinion. I think they're going to have some progress. That, oh, he's ready to play. He's going to be playing next week, late next week. So, hey, Joe, hey, yeah. Joe I can guarantee he won't show up March 10th in Philadelphia. I guarantee you that. Hey, I, that's when I would debut. That's when I would debut. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they're trying to, they trying to say that for the playoffs. But I would love to see them there, you know. And that will be, be super soon, though. That's like, oh, that's crazy. I would like to see him against them for the, for the first time in the playoffs. I think that'll be more exciting and more of a thing. But but you gotta think about it. Ben Simmons in a perfect situation. Out of any team you could have got traded to, the Nets were the perfect spot yep. for Ben Simmons. And not only they got Ben Simmons, they got Seth Curry and Drummond, who both addressed needs they had. Like especially Andre Drummond, the the, the Nets had an issue with uh, uh, a rebounding, right? They don't have no big man where they got Claxton, but Claxton can't bang with nobody, he's too small, right? So well, Andre Drummond, they're averaging nine rebounds a game in 18 minutes. He's going to be playing like around 30 minutes, so he could easily average like 14, Whoa. 15 rebounds. Time out, time out, time out, Joe. Have you seen Drummond lately? <sighs> he looked like he spent too much time at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that joke ain't playing 30 minutes. Right now, he can give you 12 to 15 because that's what you're doing. With the 12 to 15? He was playing after 18 15, after, look, after 15 minutes, he's, look, he's sucking wind coming up and down the court. Look at him. He is not in shape. I can his, tell you that right now. His first he can't give you games, 30 minutes. His first couple of games, he was getting like 17 rebounds. He was getting rebounds. And he, he played some, some some minutes. So with Philly, he was playing 18 off the bench. So he's going to play more with Brooklyn. And then also Ben Simmons, he got shooters all around him. All around him. He got KD, Kyrie, Patty Mills. Nobody mentioned Patty, Patty Mills. They just signed going Dragic, right? And he's on revenge mode from the last time he was really playing in the finals, right? And then you got... Uh, Seth Curry, who's shooting the worst percentage of his career, which is 40%, <laughs> which is still great, you know. So, yeah, they have a perfect team around them. And one thing about Ben Simmons, where well, he is better than James Harden in transition, so they're gonna be great in the transition. I, I could definitely see that. So, Ben Simmons is gonna be able to be him, which is play defense, rebound, and pass the ball. And then, if he get opportunities to score. Then he good, you know, but he won't be somebody to be looking for to score like they were in Philly when B wasn't, you know, when, when they were looking, you know, when Tobias and B went there. So I got the Nets winning that trade. Sorry, hey, D. Nets trade, <laughs> yeah, no, you are correct long term. You are correct long term. But the question is, can they put all of that together? Yeah. yeah. Months. Think, think about it. As your coach? You, know, you, you can't say yeah because your key but, component is still sitting on the on the street. Okay. Okay. Look, last year. I know James Harden and Ben are two different players, right? But they barely played. They played what 13 games last year? KD got her hard is in and out. Yeah, they in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Go ahead, go ahead. In the uh in the playoffs, they look unstoppable when they were all healthy. When they played Boston, they just demolished Boston. When they played the Bucks, they made the Bucks not look like a championship contender until Kyrie, until James Harden got hurt. James Harden got hurt with Kyrie and KD alone. They were on track to beat the Bucks, but then Kyrie got hurt, and they went seven games. 
So I think it will work because because KD and Kyrie are veterans and they all fit. Nobody's stepping on nobody's toes. It's not like Ben is doing something that KD would be responsible to do. And, and so I think it's going to work. And they have a bunch of shooters around them. So I think it will work. Ben's going to come back sooner than y'all think. I get you say that, but let March 10th get your popcorn ready. He better have security when he comes into the Wells Fargo. <laughs> I hope he does come back on March 10th. I hope yeah. he does. We're gonna be ready yeah. for him. He better have security. He right. definitely gonna have security. There's no way he's gonna walk right. in there like yes, that. Sir. There's no way. All right, so look, we're gonna move to the next topic. That was very entertaining, very good. So uh before we move to the next topic, y'all make sure y'all follow that ticker on the bottom, like this video subscribe to the youtube channel and listen you can do it it's very easy this is a subscribe button somewhere in front of you just click that button and you'll be subscribed to the youtube channel also share with somebody so they can come on and you know be entertained and actually join us in the comment section we see our comments we appreciate that keep them coming i see a couple of y'all arguing in the comment section keep that going too <laughs> all right all right so look we're gonna move on to our next topic all right our next topic and and this time uh who that's gonna start us off and who that you are a Lakers fan, right? Oh, uh, you a Lakers fan? Oh, that I am. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, Lakers <laughs> fan. All right. So, so you a Lakers fan? It's funny how you start on you start on the Sixers and you start on the Lakers stuff, right? So, we gonna talk about these LA Lakers, man. Oof. So the Lakers, I think everybody, almost everybody, preseason picked on the, to make it to the finals. I did. You know, even probably now, okay, right? I picked them just off the strength of the star power and LeBron, of course, right? Right, 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 right. But we all see stuff is not adding up, it's not working. They didn't do nothing before the trade deadline. So they are stuck in a nice spot right now. So, hey, so, so who that? Are the Lakers playoff bound? Were they not the play in bound? Are they playoff bound? Were they made the playoffs this year? Okay, let me let me go ahead and provide a little context as to why I'm going to say what I'm going to say in the end as to whether or not the Lakers are playoff worthy and are they a playoff caliber team. Uh, you are correct there, Brother Joe, that uh, coming into the season, a lot of prognosticators had the Lakers not only making a deep run into the playoffs, but possibly, possibly representing the Western Conference and the championship against whoever came out of the East. On paper, right? On paper. Uh, if everyone returns healthy and stays healthy uh, and brings to the table what they have traditionally done throughout their career, then, yes, the Lakers is a solid pick to make it to the Western Conference Finals against a rejuvenated Phoenix or a rejuvenated um, uh, Golden State Warriors. Ooh, and then the opening tip-off actually happened <laughs> in the first game of the season. And it has been a downhill uh, on a downhill slope ever since. Now, obviously, injuries always play a, a, a key role in how a season plays out to certain mm -hmm. individuals. AD, got it. Multiple injuries, multiple games missed. LeBron, age, uh, and, and being able to push through whatever pain or injury that he once had as a younger individual, unable to do that anymore. This is year 18, a lot of wear and tears on that body, a lot of miles on those on those feet uh, mm -hmm. and, and on those knees and on that back. So it's expected. So that's why we bring in the other big-name players. Aha, uh -huh, here we go. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Uh, I made this statement way back 
in early 2021. And I'm going to put myself out there to your audience. Oh, I, made this, I made this statement uh, when we were having a discussion about the 2021 playoffs and whether or not where, where Russell Westbrook ranked amongst the top tier uh, point guards of all time. Right. And, and we all know the top one is magic. And depending on where you fall after that, your list differs a little bit. Well, I I, I was feeling myself that night and I, and I went out there and said, well, Russell Westbrook, based on his career, all right, coming off of two consecutive seasons where he averaged a triple double, averaged a triple double, a former MVP, guy that he's never won a, won, won a ring. But, you know, you're in a league with Steph and LeBron, and sometimes that just plays out to where you're not going to get a ring. Uh, but I made the statement that uh, Russell Westbrook was the third best third best point guard of all time. Hey, whatever you're drinking over there, let me hey, pass over here. <laughs> and that was based off an accumulation of career stats and, you know, the intensity and drive that he brings to every single game, every single quarter, every single play. Uh, and I was taking all of that into consideration. Uh, and, and I was looking forward to him bringing that tenacity to this year's Lakers squad. Uh, but I, I, I just don't know <laughs> what the heck has happened to Westbrook, man. I do not. <laughs> he laughing Westbrook at three. <laughs> I just don't know what has happened to this brother. What it is, his attention has been, you know, taken to the left because he has business, uh, other business opportunities that he is trying to, you know, start up and, and or move forward, being that he's back home in L.A. Is it the pressure of being at home, playing in front of the home crowd for, for a team that I may have wanted to play for my entire life? Is it I have declining skills and I have the, the Ben Simmons syndrome to where now I can't find a <laughs> shot? Is it uh, I just don't care? Is it, you know, my feelings are hurt? Is it, I mean, I, is it everything? I just don't know. Uh, and he has been a disappointment or his performance has been a disappointment thus far this year. Now, and but, but, yeah, Russ has a track record of having late season pushes to where he really elevates his game. So I'm still holding out hope there. Uh, and, and of course, uh, uh, the the third member or, or the fourth member or the first member, depending on how you want to look at it, of the Rat Pack, all right, with Carmelo and LeBron uh, and D-Wade and uh, CP3. Yeah, right, CP3. So Carmelo was supposed to be that spot-up shooter who could just sit in the corner and just make it rain on threes. Uh, and, and play a little bit of defense every now and then when we need you late in the fourth quarter if it's a tight game and we need your your shot. But at the at the same time, he his performance has really really fallen off, and I'm not I'm not confident in the coaching scheme that LeBron has put together for this Lakers team to ensure that they are able to maximize what the, the potential they have. Yeah, notice I didn't say the coach. I said LeBron, and I meant to say LeBron. Uh, so I don't know, you know, if LeBron is wearing too many hats, you know, nursing injuries, being a GM, being a head coach, being a, a social media icon, uh, putting other projects together in La La Land. Uh, and, of course, you know, supporting his son, his family and, you know, his uh, at promise school. <clears throat> so his plate is full and he's looking towards that second career as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so a combination of injuries. A combination of declining 
capabilities by key players other than LeBron because he's still uh, in my in my eyes, you know, a, a top tier, if not you know, the top tier player in, in the NBA. Uh, taking all of those things into consideration, are they a playoff worthy team and are they a playoff capable team? They're not worthy of going to the playoffs. <laughs> they haven't shown it. They have not shown it. Now, granted, you said that they are ninth uh, in, in the standings and they can always sneak in, but it'll be an early exit even if they make it to the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so they are not going to get a championship this year. They're not going to win their first round series if they make it to the playoffs. So, you know, they're not worthy. I, I won't be surprised if they sneak in, uh, but I definitely will not make any picks supporting them getting to the second round like I did last year. Uh, and and you can't depend on AD being healthy in the playoffs anyway. So to answer your question, I took 20 minutes to say no. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I still didn't know what your answer was after five, <laughs> 10 minutes. But, but I'm glad you finally answered the question. <laughs> All right. Context, brother, context. <laughs> so, like, you know, everybody keeps saying that they don't know what happened to Westbrook. Westbrook is the same dude he's always been. You know, he, he's shooting a career percentage of 43%. To be exact, 437%. This year, his percentage is 437. <laughs> like, he's on track of his career. And this is the lowest amount of turnovers he had per game since really? 2013 and 14. Don't don't surprise <laughs> me. Because it doesn't look like he's performing on par as to what he has done throughout his career. It looks like he is tanking plays tanking games i mean hitting shots off the backboard like dude the, the backboard is 12 by 12 find it it's there trust you know but i, I guess you, if if he's on par what he's always done he's just not having enough opportunities to highlight his drives to the basket because that's where he's dominant when he's driving and he's aggressive spot up shooting is not his thing and i think he's settled too much for spot up shots thus far this season, which is, you know, why it looks like he's playing like straight hot trash. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Joe, uh -huh. hey, 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 Joe, one, one of the things that you and who that, you know, are failed to mention is the fact that LeBron put this team together. Exactly. And yeah. <laughs> he put, this is LeBron's team. He put the stamp yeah. on this yeah. team. Yeah. You can't change a team. This team looks entirely different than the team yeah. won the championship two years ago in the bubble. You can't change a team three straight years and expect it to have success. So a yeah. lot of this falls on LeBron. He could have had DeMar DeRozan on the Lakers. Yep. He could have yep. done some other things. He could have had Buddy Hill and another person from Sacramento Kings. It was other things that could have happened, but LeBron put the seal of approval on this team, so now he has to bear the brunt of it, okay? Yeah, you're Again, right. all this doesn't fall on Russell Westbrook. No, okay? it doesn't. Oh, this, it's a combination of things. The pieces don't fit. The coaching has been horrendous. And, again, you're playing in the stacked Western Conference right now. Even if all of them was healthy, the best they could possibly be would be the fifth or sixth best team if everyone was healthy. And, again, if they make the playoffs, it depends on who they get in that uh, in that playing Play tournament. On. If they get the Clippers they or Minnesota, they could take a loss. Yeah. They could take a, especially if Kawhi and Paul George come back for the playoffs. They could take a loss in that first uh, playoff tournament, or even if they play Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, like I, 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 I agree. I agree. Like, see, LeBron, he made a team. Like he said, LeBron made a team. But Westbrook, like I said, Westbrook's been doing the same thing he's been doing. And the problem with the Lakers is that, you know, they got a lot of problems, number one. Westbrook is a problem. He don't fit. They don't have enough 3 and D guys around LeBron. LeBron, you look at his whole career, he had three-point shooters and, and great defensive players around him. That, that Basically, dirty work, people. People that do dirty work. And with this Lakers team, they don't have that. You got Horn Tucker. You got Horn Tucker who's shooting terrible from the field. He's shooting like twenty five percent from three. The only person that's shooting good from three is Carmelo, but Carmelo's not good in the defensive end. And Malik Monk. That's it. Outside of that, everybody else is playing like shooting. Ter- Anthony Davis. You want to talk about somebody that lost a shot? That's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. His free throw percent. His free throw shooting is terrible. And his jump shot right now, I don't know what the heck happened to us since 2020. 2020, he was really the Lakers MVP, not LeBron. I don't know why LeBron was getting people up. That's not, that's not the story. But, and <laughs> so the thing is, you look at the rest of their schedule, the rest of their schedule, they got 23 games left. They got like 15 games against playoff teams, current playoff teams. So it's going to be tough for them, you know. And like like uh, 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 Hater D said, they if they go to the play-in, they're going to have to play a team like Minnesota, the Clippers, and listen, don't sleep with my kings. All right, all right. My kings, we got we got to get into that 10th spot. But I'm not going. I'm not going to do that. Wow. But right now, <laughs> okay. <you> know, <laughs> yeah, that was a joke though. Right now, the Blazers at the 10th spot. They gonna slide. The Blazers are tanking, y'all. They are tanking. They. I'm gonna lay out on the secret. The Blazers are trying to pull a two a, a, a 2008 Celtics move. I'm telling y'all, they ain't got hurt. They trying to get. They, they, they got rid of a lot of money. They got a lot of cash space. Anybody get a good draft pick, and they and they got New Orleans first round pick next year. So I'm telling y'all, they're gonna they're gonna make some moves in the offseason. But anyways, so the Lakers, okay. I I don't have them making the playoffs. I really don't. I think they're gonna make the play in, and then they're gonna lose. But the play in is is anything possible. It's the NFL one game elimination. So like like who that said, if they do make the playoffs, they are not advancing because they're gonna have to play the Suns, the Warriors. Even if the Grizzlies sneak in there, they're gonna lose to the. They, but now you know what? They actually have a a, a puncher's chance against the Grizzlies. That's an unexperienced yeah. team. It's LeBron James. You know, so if they play the Grizzlies, I I you know I might pick the Lakers. Tell you the truth, but Warriors and the Suns, they not beating them at all. I'm sorry, it's over for the Lakers, man. <laughs> you a Laker fan? I feel yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, and just to bolster your point, it is that the Lakers are deficient on defense. All right, the yes. age, the age really tells itself on the defensive side of the ball, right? Yeah. Because a shooter is a shooter, regardless of that shooter's age. He should still be able to put up shots, which is what you can kind of depend on Carmelo. Now, everybody else proficiently taking a tank, AD and uh, uh, THT, and you know anybody else that's not lame, named LeBron. Uh, then yeah, you're gonna have those problems, and the coach doesn't have that credibility to, to, you know, pull key players at certain times. Look what happened when he pulled Russell Westbrook for one game in the fourth quarter. You know, like, Russell damn near had a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> and subliminal messages to LeBron, and the coach didn't want him want to address it in the after uh, after the game press conference. Like, uh, was Russ not on the floor? I didn't think about it. You know, so he was avoiding the question. It lets you know that there are too many, too many B-level cooks now, 
in the kitchen. Uh, and and we as an organization simply don't have enough to be competitive in a division uh, that y'all have already mentioned that is, is, is top heavy. It is top heavy. Uh, and I don't see the Lakers doing anything. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> even if they were to make it in the playoffs. And, and you know, on, on a side note, even after Hater D identified that LeBron orchestrated the formation of this team, he and, and I'm one of the biggest LeBron fans that you will ever meet, on mm-hmm. the court and off the court. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of this brother, mm-hmm. right, and all of his endeavors. But LeBron had the audacity to shift the blame to Rob Palenka because Rob Palenka and the Lakers organization did not make a move at the trade deadline uh, for, you know, key players because they were unwilling to give up a draft pick uh, 33 years from now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, for, for someone who is basically, you know, 14 years old today, you know, uh, and, and the Lakers were unwilling to do that to, to get uh, Russell Westbrook and that $40 million price tag off of their roster. Uh, so you got to be a bad man to orchestrate the monstrosity that you now have and then shift the blame for said monstrosity to Rob Palenka. Hey, I salute you, LeBron. Keep doing what you do, bro. <laughs> yeah, but um, Palenka, see, uh, Clutch Sports, they, they're, they're too – they're, they're too they, they interrupt situations you know what I mean and they're and they're too like they, they end the Lakers business too much they can't the Lakers can't be them because the club sports got like a whole a, a string a, a string hole on the whole organization for real so Palinka felt pressure to make the move for Westbrook I'm pretty sure he wanted he didn't want to make that move yes, for LeBron yes, AD no. you know so so Palenka, so for LeBron to say that, uh, he, he didn't really say it. He's like dancing around it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For him to do that and praising other GMs for the, you know, mm-hmm. the Rams GM, the, the OKC GM, it's like, come on, LeBron, man. Like you got more guys. But LeBron is a great player. I'm a fan of him too. He, he is the second right. best player in, in, in history. He's, he's a great player. But hey, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. And real quick, anytime Magic Johnson don't want anything to do with this organization, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a huge problem. When you're talking about arguably the, the greatest point guard of all time, possibly the greatest. Arguably, definitely. Greatest, definitely. Yeah. With his second greatest, second or third greatest Laker of all time, he doesn't want anything to do with this franchise right now. That's a problem. Jeannie yeah. Buss has a job on her hand. She has to redo yeah, well, that organization. Because yeah. Rob Link is not the answer. The coach is not the answer. No. And you gave LeBron too much power. So it's, it's a problem within that organizational structure right now. I mean, we, we understand why Rob Palenka is there. Uh, you know, Le- Rob Palenka is an extension of the late great Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Jenny Buss married the Kobe uh, Mamba mentality a long time ago, uh, way back in 2001 when they won that first chip and her father was was leading that organization. It's not working no more. It's not working anymore, right? Be, be, yeah, we got that. Uh, but it's hard to divorce something that you have become so accustomed to and had success with, right? Even after uh, Palenka was named uh, the GM and Magic exited stage left, right? It was because of those ties to Kobe. Now, when they signed LeBron after Magic did all of that work, they knew that it was a formula that was eventually going to work, right? Giving LeBron the opportunity to kind of cherry pick those key 
veteran players from around the league to bring them to L.A. once he was able to convince A.D. to come on board. Uh, you know, and I'm going back to, you know, 2019 and 18 when LeBron first joined the Lakers. Uh, but that has run its course, and it's going to be difficult for the Lakers to think about, well, do we actually follow LeBron when he has already openly stated that I'm married to y'all for maybe another year? Exactly. And wherever Bronny shows up, that's where I will be. That's crazy. So they understand, and Jenny Buss understands, that LeBron is here only for a short time. He is not going to be a Laker for life. He is not Kareem. He is not Magic. He is not Kobe. He is definitely not Shaq. So as it pertains to Laker lore, right, the legacy that he is going to depart the Lakers with will not match those other uh, Lakers, right? And, and if you're not even on the same <laughs> level as the NBA logo. Agreed. For, for, you know, the Laker Nation, then your influence is temporary. And I think Rob Lincoln may outlast LeBron in Los Angeles. And I say all of that to say this. Wow. Uh, the Lakers are going downhill after next year. Because AD, and I'm, I'm really projected. I am really projected. After this current contract, AD is going to go home to Chicago if they will have him if he's healthy enough. AD might go to Portland. But look, though, so look, the thing with the – Stop it, Joe. I'm telling y'all that Portland will make a move this year. But look, though, Palinka, right, he's not he's, – he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job with the cards he was dealt. People forget when they won a championship, he made all those last-minute moves to get people like JaVale McGee and stuff like that to create that championship team, Dwight Howard and stuff like that. Palinka did that. And even this year, when they signed Westbrook and they made all those signings, People did make jokes about them being old, but everybody praised Palinka though. People were saying that he did a good job last minute scrambling getting people like like shooters around LeBron, Wayne Ellerton, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Trevor Reza. The only issue is nobody plays defense. <laughs> Cause they scoring points. Just nobody's playing defense. And when you're when you're your your two of your three best players are one of your worst defenders, LeBron. He his like you look at his numbers defensively, he's playing bad. And Westbrook, they both are playing terrible on the defensive end. How are you going to set the tone for the rest of the team? So mm -hmm. that's the issue right there, the defensive end. So, yeah. And it's lack of effort on both of their parts because they're both physically gifted. They're both, you know, in shape. It's not like they're saving or conserving their energy for the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> no, both of them have the stamina of, of you know, <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> you know, both of them have – two of the most well-conditioned athletes in the NBA. So the lack of defensive effort for both of those, that's choice. Yeah, because they, they both with LeBron could, but LeBron's in the year 19. I'm not going to ask a lot for him. He's in year 19. I, you, you get a little pass. But Westbrook, come on, man. Yeah. He can play. But Westbrook never been a great defender, though. So, All right, let's go to our last question. But before we do that, y'all, make sure y'all read that ticker. Like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click that subscribe button, click that share button, send it to somebody for this last topic. Somebody that said, well, I can't get on for a whole hour. Hey, get on for the last 15 minutes. Just share it to them so they can come on. Use that comment section. We can see the comments and y'all see it on the screen. We, we are reading it. We're giggling in, in between talks, right? We like what y'all are saying. We appreciate that and keep it coming, all right? So we got this last question and I'm first and then 
listen, I'm not picking who y'all got. Y'all both got Joel and B. I got somebody else. Uh-oh. All right. Somebody shake some feathers in here. All right. And I, I had to write notes for this because some numbers I got to talk about. But look, Uh-oh. the question is who's going to be the MVP this year? Now, it's going to be Joel and B for one reason. It's because, you know, he's loud. He's loud. And that's basically it. Because another guy I'm going to talk about, he's actually playing better than Joel and B. But he just underestimated every year. Daryl set up like, oh, I want to hear this. My man, Jokic. Let me talk about Jokic real quick. So, look, what? I'm going to tell you about Jokic. All right. See, the thing is, y'all don't watch Denver. Denver played too late. Denver's a boring team. And then uh, also, Jokic got a persona of he don't play defense. He don't do that. I I got y'all. Watch this, though. Uh oh. So, Joel and B, right? He said, uh oh. I got y'all. I'm prepared for that. I'm like, hey, the D gonna, gonna bring up and be, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and who that's gonna agree, you know, because MB is a is a front runner. I get it. Uh, Joel B, let's talk about him real quick. He's averaging 29, Yoga's averaging 26. Check and B. But MB is shooting 49%. Yoga is shooting 57% from the field, right? MB mm-hmm. averaging 11 rebounds. Yoga is 13.8 rebounds, right? So basically almost 14. MB, four, four and a half assists. Yoga is 7.9 assists, all right? And then that's it. So the thing is, MB and the Sixers are in the East, so they're the third seed, while Denver is in the West, they're the sixth seed, but Denver is only two games behind Philly. So it's not like it's a huge gap between them, all right? Now, let me tell you about Yogic. Yogic right now is top 10 in points, rebounds, which he's second in, field goal percentage, and assists. The only player in the NBA that, that has that, right? He also is number one in PER, right, in front of Joel Embiid. He leads the league in triple-doubles by four. He leads the league in double-doubles by nine. Also in the second place, my man, uh, uh, new Sacramento King. Uh, uh, I can't think of things. It's a bonus. <laughs> He's second right now. Shout-out to Sacramento okay. King, right? And I saw a stat, right? You, when you go to the extra analytics, they got a main stat, right, that sums up everything. It's kind of like QBR, all right, for quarterbacks. And it's player impact estimate, right? And Embiid is number two, but Yoga's number one, all right? And that's basically your impact on your team's winning. Yoga's number one on that, right? So, and I, and I was like, you know what? How are these people playing on the defensive end, right? Let me look at the analysts on the defensive end. Do y'all know that Jokic, when it comes to big man, he leads the league in deflections, which is a huge deal. He's a disruptor of the ball, right? He's also second in contested shots in the NBA, all right? Right, right in front of uh, uh, Rudy Gobert. The reason why Rudy Gobert kept winning the defensive play of the year because of these stats I'm talking about right now. Deflections, contested shots, all these extra analytics numbers right here, right? So if I was the NBA and I took away the face, the names, the cities, whatever, just look at the numbers and and, 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 and what they've been doing, Jokic has been more valuable to his team than NBA. Oh, I'm not going to say that. NBA has been very valuable, right? And Jokic, just like Embiid, Embiid is not playing with Ben Simmons. Jokic is not playing with Jamal Murray. They both are missing the star player, all right? And like I say, Jokic's in the West. He's in a better conference. So Embiid's going to win. But Jokic should win MVP. He should win MVP. Hey, hey Joe, uh, I'm going to say this to you. Thank you for allowing us on your show. But that's, <laughs> but that's asinine, Joe. Come on, man. Let me, let, let me tell you a couple of things that you, that you failed to, to mention. You said he's quiet, but the quiet guy won it last year. 
by so default. He, he, he's, he's not quiet. And second of all, what do your eyes tell you when you're watching these two players play? Be honest. What did you – more excited. Jo- I, I Joel impacts the game more on the defensive side than Joker does because he is a better man-to-man defender than Joker. Joker is a better help defender, but – JoJo is a better one-on-one defender than than Joker. I'm I'm sorry. I've watched a lot of Joker's game, and he is a good team defender. You're correct. But a man-on-man defender, one-on-one, Joel is the better defender than Joker. Uh, I'm sorry. That's number one. And number Mm -hmm. two, you mentioned the conference. The East is much tougher this year. The East is much tougher this year than the Western Conference. So again, oh, when you take really? those two things <laughs> and you look at and you look at the focus and you look right before the all-star break, the game against Giannis, when's the last time you seen somebody, a big man, have his way against Giannis? Only person I ever seen do that was JoJo. Joel did that right before the all-star break. So again, I hear all your arguments. I'm I'm not disputing it. I have them top three. Actually, I have um I have DeRozan second, and then Joker. But again, I, I think it's um, I think it's a matter of opinion. But I think you're just leaving out a couple of things. Don't let your eyes deceive you. You and I both know, looking at these two on the basketball court, Joel Embiid is having a better season and is the better player. Hey, real quick, who that? The Lakers. You know, the top three seeds in the whole whole NBA are in the West. The Warriors, Suns, and Grizzlies have a better record. Than the number one first place Miami Heat. If uh-huh. Denver was in the East, they would be a fourth or a fifth seed right now. They was in the East, no. but they're the sixth they're in the West. Right, right. So top, the bottom, top to bottom, the East is better. From one, from one to ten, the East is better. <laughs> Look, Brooklyn is eight. Brooklyn is your eighth seed, and you just told me that Brooklyn is going to do damage. They are your eighth seed, the Brooklyn Nets. Now they could go over the West and dominate every team over there except for Phoenix and Golden State. They are the eighth seed right now. That's how tough the East is. Mm. Okay, go ahead with that. Uh, I got more, but go ahead with that. Check this out, right? Uh, I I have three comments before I I go into why I believe this person should be MVP. Uh, The MVP award itself does not go to the most deserving player every year. Everybody knows that. So saying that I'm having a better season than you are, therefore I'm worthy of the award, is it it doesn't mean anything in the NBA. Uh, Second, when a person or a supporter of a player getting awarded the MVP has to bring up analytics as to why he believes that this player should be deserving (laughs) of said award, you probably already lost the argument. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, saying, right? And and third, impact does make a difference. And it's not about who is more boisterous or boisterous. It's not about who is more dominant. It is about what I do for the entire team. It's not about whether or not I average more points. It's not about whether or not I get more rebounds. It is about when I am in the game. The net positive for my team is better than when I am not in the game. And I am able to facilitate the right play, whether it's me scoring or me making a rebound or me making a defensive play or me uh, getting into the right place and make the right shot at the right time. So that, to me, is what an MVP is. 
Now, obviously, you need to have the numbers to support, you know, a, a legitimate argument for you to be considered, as well as team success has to be right there. All right now, mm -hmm. records are somewhat comparable between the two teams. Uh, both are playing well, regardless of whether or not they're in the East or in the West, because they both have to travel to the other division or the other conference to make sure that they are, uh, you know, putting up those victories. Both of those key players are missing their right-hand man, so to speak. All right, Simmons wasn't there all year. Neither was Jamal Murray. Uh, and, and Joker, too, had the numbers. Joker has the numbers. Yeah, he what? Two, he was missing two. You, Michael Porter Jr. is gone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, with the back issue, so um, that, just, that just gives him more shot opportunity. It, it does. It does. It does bolster the argument that he is now more of a focal point on forty offense, which is why his numbers are so inflated. Uh, and, and you know, the defensive rebounding is is a is a tale. Uh, but I like Joker's percentage shooting percentage right mp for all his dominance he should not be shooting 49 percent, which tells you he's taking too many mid-range and uh you know perimeter shots but it could be strategy because you don't want to pound inside every night every night and then your body is broken down by april and you're not there for the playoffs so it could be both coaching it could be mb taking care of his body, you know, or it could be, you know, I'm taking what the defense gives me. Now, who should be the MVP? Embiid is the leading candidate. Mm -hmm. Joker is number three on my list. My number two is John Morant. John Morant? Above John Morant is my second choice for MVP. Above the Rosen? Above the Rosen. Simply because more team success. More team success for the Memphis Grizzlies over the leading or the Chicago, the the, the uh, division leading Chicago uh, Bulls at thirty eight and twenty one. All right, Memphis is better than Chicago in my opinion. Ja has more of an impact. I know if <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans wish they had drafted Ja Moran instead of Zion. Yeah, freaking night. Uh, what a mess that has turned into down in New Orleans. But uh, you can't go wrong with either one of those four picks right now. You know, whether it's Embiid, DeRozan, Joker, or Jai, in my opinion, uh, all are deserving consideration. And these mm -hmm. last two months will tell who is going to actually be the MVP and who stays healthy. You have to be healthy to be there, right? Uh, you know, presence is, is, is part of the MVP process. And if you're not on the floor, you're not in consideration. Yeah. So real quick, uh, I think Eddie got to say something. John Moran, the Grizzlies, right? The Grizzlies are like 13 and 2 without John Moran. So they are a good team without wow. John Moran. You know, but in DeRozan, he they need every drop of his 40 points, 35 points. He he's dropping 30 and 40, and they win these close games. You know, so DeRozan is way more valuable. And I'm not gonna say way more valuable because John Moran is a floor general, great point guard, all that stuff. But when it comes to when you when you look at it, DeRozan has been more valuable. Then without DeRozan, he heroics, they're not the tied number one seed right now in the East. You know, and Zach Levine's been hurt a lot too. You know, so but yoga is just it's a bug, John Moran. Yoga, if yogas get hurt today, the Nuggets ain't winning nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? John Moran gets hurt, the Grizzlies will make a play in push, you know, at least, right? So yoga is way more viable. And I and you did mention something about um about your team, you contributing to your team when it comes to like uh are you like, like basically, 
do y'all score more points or y'all or y'all getting outscored when you're on the court? Yeah, net positive, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yoga is top five and plus minus. Jordan B is not even top twenty. All right, so yoga is more valuable in that part. All right, it's you just that down, you got you got your stats down, and, and I got to give that to you. You come with your facts, uh, but again, <laughs> if we have to if we have to base our opinion based it again science and analytics and facts, we've lost the argument because we know the NBA is a visual and emotional thing. And, and the story right, and, too. Fans and and those who are voting for MVP, they do the eye test. Yeah, they do the yeah, eye that's true. And the AD, when you mentioned that Jokic won last year, he won by default. He only won because MB was deserving last year, but he got hurt. Yeah, he won and because everybody James else Harden and LeBron. <laughs> yeah, so, everybody else was hurt. <laughs> he won by default. So he and then think about it, he won the MVP and he did not get a he didn't get a Christmas game this year. He's disrespected. I'm telling you, he's overlooked. He's disrespected. Because they got swept in the playoffs. And we lost the Hawks. <laughs> At least it was exciting. They, wait a minute. They won a series. They that won a series it. and lost game seven. They were a number one seed, and they lost to the Hawks. That's because your boy Ben Simmons, who you said the Nets won the trade, was scared to take you to layup. The Nuggets beat the Blazers and they lost to the Suns who made it to the finals, you know, and look at Phoenix today. So the best that's they lost to, without Jamal Murray. Remember that. All right. So you make, you make a strong argument and you're not wrong in your argument. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> if, you have to, if you have to rely on analytics to support your argument, it's a losing argument. <laughs> That is how they do it nowadays, you know. Yeah, you're right. You. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's how they do it. All right, so all right, awesome, man, awesome. So look, guys, hey, great stuff. All right, um, before we close this out, follow that ticker, y'all. Like this. First of all, I appreciate all you guys for still being on and communicating with us through the chat. We really appreciate that. All right, and um, so make sure y'all like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and once we end this live, you'll be able to watch it immediately. You can rewatch it and everything like that. And tune in, y'all, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. We're doing this live Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. I put out a video uh, basically uh, uh, talking about NBA topics now but because NFL season is over, all right? So before we leave, i like to do this, uh, Hey to D and Who That. Everybody get some last words before they roll out, all right? So we're going to start with you, Hey to D, some last words before we leave. First, first again, Joe, thanks for having us on the show. Um, some excellent conversation and dialogue tonight. Um, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you having us on, and I look forward to coming on again. And I think sure. you're doing some great things with your, your podcast. You're very informative. Just like who that said, you're coming with the stats. You're going to make me dig a little bit deeper next time I come <laughs> on here because you had some extra stats on there. I wasn't ready for it, but, you know, you did a great job. So, again, Everybody out there, keep supporting Joe. Joe is very informative. This is a good show, and we enjoyed being on. Um, so that's all I have to say. I'm going to let Houdet talk a little bit about our show. Yes. Because, you know, who that's the wordsmith, so he got some <laughs> words for you. <laughs> I just get it, Houdet. Hey, I, I echo everything that Daryl mentioned about uh, the refuse to lose nation uh, and all of your fans. Uh, and, again, I thank you uh, as – Daryl mentioned uh, for the opportunity to come and share this time with you uh, and your audience, all right, to, to kind of go over what we are feeling about uh, the NBA season for the second half, uh, as well as to 
congratulate you and the success that you've had with your podcast. All right. But before we sign off tonight, uh, on behalf of myself, uh, Daryl, uh, Face, uh, and Hollywood Bob, who are the regular cast members, our commentators, our contributors to uh, the Street Noise podcast, hey, good looking out. Now, with that being said, let me give you a little bit about what the Street Noise family does for uh, not only uh, fellow sports enthusiasts, uh, we come with our own little bit of swagger as well. Uh, we, we discuss the ongoing topics of the day, regardless of the sport, regardless of whether or not it's football, basketball, baseball, NASCAR, uh, wrestling, the Olympics, it doesn't matter as long as it's sports related and we feel that it has an impact to the, the greater community. We tackle those issues uh, and, and we look to be a, a real time uh, on the ground average Joe and Jane and or uh, whatever, how you want, want to identify yourself, uh, you know, sports fan who, who discuss things in a casual, passionate, uh, and informative way where we invite every single person who is viewing, as does you, uh, or as do you, the opportunity to engage with us real time. Uh, share your thoughts and your feelings. Uh, we have just concluded our NFL wrap-up, uh, our weekly episodes were Tuesday and Friday at 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, but we are transitioning into the second half of the basketball season, and we're Scaling back just a little bit to to kind of give everybody an opportunity to catch their breath to one episode per week, uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday nights, uh, where we incorporate a, a multitude of different ideas, a multitude of different subjects, a multitude of different activities. So y'all, please, uh, you know, after you've liked the Joe Jordan episode of Refuse to Lose, go ahead and move on over to the streetnoise.net. Uh, website and and one like the website and become a subscriber and a supporter uh, and then you can find us on Street Noise Live on all of the streaming platforms whether it's YouTube whether it's Facebook we'll put out the uh, you know short video clips or uh, shorts or what they're called now on YouTube uh, you know to, to to give you a a snapshot of what we're discussing uh, on our podcast so you know feel free to to check us out uh, again going forward for the next few weeks. Every Tuesday night at nine o'clock from nine to ten ish. Could be ten or it. You know, depending on the dialogue that we're having and the discussion that we're having. But again, thank you for inviting us on to this show, brother. We look forward to having you back onto our show here in the near future, uh, very near future. Uh, and we're gonna continue this collaboration to keep going into 2022 and beyond. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And real quick about this show, y'all. Like I said, I tuned in. I was on yesterday, too. They actually had like a game format the last two weeks, right? So it's very entertaining. Y'all need to come on. They are very, as y'all saw, see, they're very knowledgeable of the, of, the, of, the sport, of the sports period, like who that said. Make sure y'all tune in, like, and subscribe to that show also, all right? I got the notifications on. I get it every time that y'all come on, so. Y'all do the same thing. All right. So that's sure. all we have for you guys today for Refuse to Lose. And guess what? We'll see y'all at the next episode. Thank you for staying to the end. We really appreciate that. If you are listening to this on you or watching this on YouTube, we would like for you to like this video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you can be notified next time we put out a video. 
If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, etc., we would like for you to follow us on those platforms. Also, hit the notification button so you can be notified when we're out. And last but not least, no matter what platform you're listening to or you're watching it on, share it with someone you know, and they could be part of the movement also. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.